30-something-year-old identical twins, Alexandria and Anastasia Duval, did everything together, including taking showers together. They were never apart and even zipped around Palm Beach in matching Porsches. Anastasia's ex, Jeffrey Hall, told True Crime Daily, They were almost like one soul in two bodies. They would finish each other's sentences and knew what the other was looking for without speaking. The twins even boasted about having an indestructible bond. So why was one later accused of murdering the other? The twins' real names weren't even Alexandria and Anastasia. Anastasia's birth name was Anne Daydow, and Alexandria's was Allison Daydow. The twins were born in New Hartford, New York, in 1978. They had an older sister named Amy. When Anne and Allison were five, their mother died. The girls were raised by their father, who was a prison doctor. He spoiled them rotten and gave them unlimited access to his credit cards. While Amy attended public school, the twins were sent to a private high school. Both joined cheerleading in ROTC. Classmate Kimberly Kaiser told People that the blonde twins were inseparable and had an amazing bond. According to the Inquisitor, the twins partied hard in high school, smoked cigarettes and marijuana, and drank regularly. Apparently, they managed to get good grades and even wanted to become neurosurgeons. A Florida chef named Keith Weiss said he dated Anne in 2006. He told people that Allison would tag along on most of their dates. It almost seemed like she was jealous of Anne, who always got the guy. Allison was just a bystander, basically. Keith said that he witnessed explosive fights between the twins, even in public. I once got a call from Anne saying, get over here now, I'm going to kill her, he said. She actually started hitting Allison with the phone. I heard it. They were both screaming at each other. When he got to their place, he saw broken glass everywhere and the bedroom door was practically falling off its hinges. Both of them were sitting on the couch when I walked in, and they were like, hey, how are you doing? Allison had a bruise on her face. I asked them if they were okay, and they were like, we're good, we're fine. We're just watching a movie. Meanwhile, all around them, it's total destruction. On at least two occasions, the twins began fighting inside his car which almost caused a crash. The first time, Anne was driving, and they just started fighting, he said. She let go of the wheel, and they were going back and forth with each other, oblivious to the danger and the other cars around us. Another time, the twins threw a tamper tantrum when he refused to stop the car so they could buy some alcohol. After six months, Keith had enough of their wild behavior, and broke up with Anne. In 2008, the twins moved to West Palm Beach, Florida and opened a yoga studio called Twin Power Yoga at a Palm Beach Gardens mall. Their tagline was, power the body, power the soul. 
Twin Power Yoga offered a so-called hot power style of yoga that the twins said was guaranteed to help yogis explore their own physical and spiritual relationships to the world around them and let go of the competitive demands of daily life and pet beagles they already regret teaching to talk. The studio attracted a large loyal following and was featured on the local news. Former client Brett Borders told the Hallelulu Star Advertiser that the twins held the best yoga classes he's ever taken. They were very good at picking and training yoga instructors. They were very consistent, the best teachers around. It was just very high quality, he said. The twins' mentee, a woman named Dahlia, said they were pioneers in making yoga popular in the Palm Beach area. And a lot of yoga teachers there were either trained by them, employed by them, or took their classes. In 2011, the twins released a DVD called Twin Power Yoga that provided two 60-minute yoga sessions set to elevating music. They moved into a luxury high-rise apartment together in West Palm Beach and started living it up. According to the Star Advertiser, they drove matching Porsches and frequented Worth Avenue, the Rodeo Drive of South Florida. During those years, the twins were minor celebrities in South Florida and dubbed the Terrible Twins of Yoga by one gossip columnist. Their spiritual advisor, psychic Leslie McMichael, said the twins weren't terrible. They were beautiful and full of life. She described Allison as outgoing with a big, dominant personality and a tendency to drink too much sometimes, and called Anne the sweetest, kindest, and most level-headed person you would ever meet. They realized that love was not in their future because they were so codependent, Leslie said. I would joke that the only people who would understand them were a pair of male twins. Leslie said the twins' downfall began when they were approached by Hollywood producers who wanted to feature them on a reality show. Of course, Anne and Allison did not turn down a shot at fame. Their bio said, No human being has a stronger bond than a Daydow twins. We fight on a daily basis, but can make up in a snap of a finger. One of us will win this contest because we are both survivors. According to the New Zealand Herald, the twins started shooting bizarre promotional videos together while riding in a Porsche and writing unflattering segments about employees behind their backs. A former employee recalled the twins berating her for making changes to a class instruction plan without their permission. I walked away and they followed me into the bathroom, demanding, are you going to cry? I started taking anxiety medicine to teach classes because they were giving me such anxiety. I shouldn't need anxiety medicine to teach yoga class. The little yoga studio at the mall wasn't going to cut it for the big time Hollywood producers. They pushed the twins to lease space on the priciest, trendiest street in West Palm Beach and spend money on a costly renovation. The twins were all in. They thought they were going to get hefty reality TV checks. Unfortunately for them, the show was canned. Leslie said, 
They had set up their lives around the show. When it didn't happen, they were in too much debt. In 2014, the twins abruptly closed Twin Power Yoga and fled Florida without paying their employees and vendors or refunding customers. A former employee called them wolves in sheep's clothing who used yoga as a mask and just wanted to be rich and famous. Of course, Alexandria denied any wrongdoing. Nobody ever didn't get paid from all the years I wrote checks. It was the one time that I was late she later told Dr. Phil. The twins reappeared in the high-end ski town of Park City, Utah, and eventually opened yet another Twin Power Yoga. In an interview with Park City's newspaper, The Park Record, and going by Anna now, discussed the new studio's various offerings, including a class for yogis and their dogs. We wanted the studio to reflect love and light, she told the park record. That is the goal of our practice. It is a physical practice with a touch of spirituality. Anne claimed that she and Allison were masters of Reiki, the Japanese energy healing technique where practitioners use their hands to deliver energy to the body. While in Utah, the twins also began marketing spirit water, which they described as an innovative, new-age water that they had created. Not surprisingly, their special water did not catch on. The twins were not able to achieve the same level of success they had in Florida and ended up filing for bankruptcy in 2014. According to court documents, the twins also legally changed their names to Anastasia and Alexandria Duvall. It wasn't trying to hide or anything like that, Alexandria told Dr. Phil. We were working on publishing some books and had quite a bit of harassment when we were in Utah from strangers from Florida. As much as the twins loved yoga, it sure didn't do them any good. The troubled pair had several run-ins with the police, especially in Utah. They were kicked out of a restaurant for fighting and threatening to have the owner killed by the mafia. After driving off, they crashed their car into a ditch. Officers arrived at the scene only to find the twins fighting and pulling each other's hair. Then they started fighting with the police. According to the police report, the twins reeked of alcohol and were stumbling. They were completely out of control. Both were charged with public intoxication and disorderly conduct. Allison was later arrested for DUI and fleeing the scene of an accident. In 2015, the twins decided to start fresh on Maui, which some people say is the most beautiful island in Hawaii. They told people that they were on a spiritual quest. At one point, Anastasia popped up at a Maui homeless shelter. Shelter employee Kahili Moniz said she had the craziest story about recently arriving in Hawaii and getting robbed of her wallet and getting separated from her twin sister. She gave us a false name at first. She claimed she had no ID, no money. When the staff refused to give her money, Anastasia threw a tantrum. They tried to reconnect her with Alexandria, 
without success. Anastasia then disappeared, leaving her bags behind. The twins somehow convinced an organic food company CEO and his wife to let them rent the couple's five-bedroom, three-bath house in Haiku, a town on the northern part of Maui. They planned on creating a line of t-shirts and hats called Spirit Water. But all that they ended up doing was causing more chaos. On Christmas Eve, they were arrested for disorderly conduct and terroristic threatening. Anastasia met her next boyfriend, cabbie Jeffrey Hall, when he picked her up from a hotel that she had been kicked out of. Jeffrey said her drinking bouts were epic and they broke up soon after she had a two-day bender. Anastasia moved on quickly with a homeless guy she met at a Maui church group gathering named Frederico Bailey. Frederico said he was a minister and his own church was dependent on Jesus Christ to provide for him so that he didn't have to earn money. He was living in his Jeep when he met Anastasia and she invited him to come and live with her and her sister, as well as Alexandra's boyfriend, Lonnie Dickerson. Frederico said the first day he met Alexandria, the twins began fighting. More like punches, they struck each other like they wanted to hurt each other, he said. He revealed that the twins' personalities changed when they were drinking, and alcohol fueled their fights. Apparently, their sister Amy also had problems with alcohol. During the Memorial Day weekend in 2016, Federico and Anastasia decided to go camping at the Kipahulu campground on Maui. Alexandra tagged along even though she wasn't invited, which caused the sisters to start fighting. On May 29th, Federico said the sisters took off from the campground in Lonnie's 2016 White Ford Explorer and were gone for about four hours. When they returned, Anastasia seemed very positive. She talked about the hitchhiker they picked up and the new business venture she wanted to start with him. Anastasia told Frederico that she and her sister had come to a truce. Then he saw wine bottles and a six-pack beer the twins had purchased, even though he didn't want alcohol on that trip. Furious with them, he said he walked away to compose himself and use the bathroom. When he came back, the twins were gone. They had decided to head back to their home in Haiku without him. Alexandria drove along the road to Hana, a legendary 64-mile highway featuring narrow winding roads and over 50 bridges, taking you past beautiful pristine beaches, rugged coastlines, lush forests, and more hiking trails and waterfalls than you can count. You have to be careful on this road. It's narrow and winding, with more than 600 curves and dozens of one-lane bridges. On that afternoon, several witnesses observed the White Ford Explorer driving erratically. One guy had to pull over to the side, since Alexandria was in the middle of the freaking road. Lawrence Lau was driving ahead of Alexandria, and noticed that she was fighting with Anastasia, seated in the passenger seat. You could tell the driver was very violently swearing at someone in the car, 
Lawrence said. We could see arms pulling the driver's hair, and her head was being yanked and jerked. The driver was fighting the girl off. Lawrence said Alexandria floored it and was in a rage as she sped past him. His passenger, Joseph Tolefioa, also saw the silly twins fighting on the treacherous road. But Alexandria claimed, we were just talking, just having a conversation. The Ford Explorer made a sharp left turn and plunged almost 200 feet off a cliff and landed on the rocky shore. When first responders arrived at the scene, they discovered that one of the women in the mangled car was alive and conscious. They asked her name and she said, Alexandria. Anastasia was only 37 when she died. Clutched in her hand were clumps of Alexandria's long blonde hair. Alexandria suffered a broken arm and was taken to Maui Memorial Hospital. Officer Justin Molioli went to her bedside to speak to her. She really didn't want to say much to us. She remained pretty defensive. She seemed really disconnected, he told True Crime Daily. She didn't even ask about her sister. When Officer Moliola told her Anastasia was dead, she just had a blank look on her face. Police gave her a breathalyzer test. She was three times over the legal limit. Her boyfriend, Lonnie Dickerson, came to the hospital and positively identified her. Officer Moliola said at one point, Alexandra told Lonnie to shut up and that he was talking too much in front of the police. When the twins' father was informed about Anastasia's death, he told Officer Moliola, if anyone should have died, it's that bitch, Alexandria. Maui Accident Investigator Sergeant Lawrence Beecraft examined the scene and noticed curve marks that showed Alexandria made a sharp left turn towards the edge of the cliff. He examined data from the Ford Explorer's black box and discovered that the SUV had accelerated seconds before the crash. Alexandria never applied the brake. The black box also showed that the wheel was turned to the left 288 degrees in one second just before the crash. Based on the evidence, Maui Detective Gordon Sagoon came to the conclusion that Alexandria purposely crashed the car in a murder-suicide. Anastasia's boyfriend, Frederico, told True Crime Daily, Seven days prior to the crash, Alexandria informed me that she was going to kill her sister. Then she said it again in a different way. I killed my sister, as if it had already happened. Like Anastasia's other boyfriend, Keith Weiss, Frederico also believed Alexandria was jealous of Anastasia. One time, Frederico overheard Alexandria say to Anastasia, Don't forget, we're leaving planet on the 30th. Did the twins have a suicide pact? In June 2016, police arrested Alexandria at a Maui hotel just as she was about to flee Hawaii. The prosecutor charged her with second-degree murder, and she was held without bail. Her lawyer, Todd Eddins, disputed the charge. 
saying Alexandria did not try to harm herself or the person she most loved and was closest to in the world. Her boyfriend Lonnie told InTouch, it was an accident. She would never kill her sister. A few days later, Wailuku District Judge Blaine Kobayashi said that evidence presented failed to reach the probable cause threshold for the murder charge and ordered that Alexandria be released. She flew to Utica, New York, to attend Anastasia's funeral. In August, Alexandria was arrested in the village of Stamford, New York, and charged with driving under the influence. State police said she was pulled over after almost striking an investigator's park car. Her blood alcohol was more than three times the legal limit. She was held on $5,000 cash bail after her arraignment. Meanwhile, prosecutors in Maui brought Alexandria's murder case to a grand jury, which elected to indict her in October 2016. Alexandria was arrested the following month in Albany, New York, and extradited back to Hawaii to stand trial for second-degree murder. She was held on a $3 million bail and eventually released on a $2,000 cash bail in February 2017. Her new attorney, Bernie Bervar, filed a motion to have the case dismissed, arguing that the grand jury was misled by prosecutors. When that motion was denied, Alexandria waived her right to a grand jury, to a jury trial, choosing instead to be tried by a judge. During the trial, Prosecutor Emmeline Higa argued in his opening statement that Alexandria intentionally or knowingly drove off the cliff. Accident investigator Sergeant Beecraft testified that there were scuff or yaw marks at the scene and that the accelerator was pressed right before the crash. A few witnesses testified, like Randolph Castro, who said he witnessed the Ford Explorer swerving and forcing other cars to get out of their way. He also said he saw the twins fighting. Chad Smith testified that it appeared the twins were arguing with their hands up and yelling at each other. Joseph Telefoya said he saw the passenger pulling the driver's hair as she fought her off. The SUV took off, made a sharp left, and went over the cliff. Federico Bailey also took the stand. He testified that the twins brawled quite often, every two or three days. He said Alexandra asked him to bathe her after she was discharged from the hospital. At one point, she started coming on to him. When he asked her what happened before the crash, she wouldn't answer. And then she started wearing her dead sister's clothing, which he found disturbing. Accident investigator Wayne Slagle testified for the defense that data from the Ford Explorer's black box showed a lot of jerking of the wheel that he said was consistent with trying to keep the vehicle on the road. Slagle said that raised dirt on the road was responsible for the sharp left turn made by the SUV that sent it over the cliff. Alexandria did not take the stand. Her attorney argued that the crash was a tragic accident, not murder, and said there was ample reasonable doubt. 
He also said witness testimony showed that there was violent passenger interference. After closing arguments, Judge Peter Cahill of Maui District Court handed down his verdict. The theme that runs throughout was that the twins were out of control and put people's lives in jeopardy, he said. The judge called the clumps of hair found in Anastasia's hand and on her chest the most dramatic piece of evidence in the case. The defendant lost control of the vehicle and maybe she did input the left turn, but that's a result of the evidence of her hair being pulled, the judge said. She wasn't responsible. The court will enter a judgment of acquittal. In her one and only interview she did after being acquitted of murdering her sister, Alexandria said, it was an accident. I can't believe I'm here. The whole thing was a tragic, horrible, awful situation. This case reminds me of two other notorious identical twin sisters named Gina and Sunny Han. In 1998, Gina was charged with plotting to kill Sunny. The twins were born in South Korea in 1974 and immigrated with their single mother to Irvine, California when they were 11. The mother often spent days at the casino, leaving the girls to fend for themselves. According to the girls' relatives, Gina was born five minutes after Sunny, an important distinction in Korean culture, and was required to be deferential to her sister. Sunny and Gina eventually went to live with their aunt and uncle in San Diego County, California. According to medium.com, the twins had a very toxic relationship that sometimes turned violent. When they were 15, Sunny stabbed Gina in the thigh during a fight. The twins were also very competitive with each other and named co-valedictorians at their high school. Sunny received a full scholarship to the University of Laverne in Laverne, California, while Gina enlisted in the Air Force. But the strict environment was too much for Gina, so she lied about being gay, hoping that would get her discharged during the don't ask, don't tell era. When that plan didn't work, she convinced an employee at her old high school to speak to her commander. After the short stint in the military, Gina went to work as a blackjack dealer at a casino and developed a gambling addiction, just like her mother. She started stealing money from friends and family, including the uncle who took her in when she was a kid. She was eventually arrested and charged with stealing $40,000 in a two-month period. After spending 10 days in jail, Gina went to live with Sunny in her Orange County apartment. By then, Sunny had dropped out of college and was working as a receptionist. Sunny kicked Gina out a dozen times for not doing the dishes or not making her food right. Police were called to that home multiple times to break up fights between the twins. In May 1996, Gina called 911 and said that Sunny had beaten her up. Police arrived at the apartment and arrested Sunny on an outstanding felony warrant for stealing a friend's credit card and going on a shopping spree. When she was questioned by police, Sunny said, I didn't think my friend would mind. She was rich. With Sunny locked up, Gina took her sister's wallet, ID, credit card, and the keys to her BMW. 
She withdrew cash from Sunny's bank account and used her telephone card to place calls. Then she drove Sunny's BMW to her ex's house in San Diego and stayed with him for several days. After her release from jail, Sunny pressed charges against Gina for burglary and grand theft. The judge ended up sentencing Gina to an unspecified amount of time in jail and ordered her to participate in a work furlough. Gina was furious at Sunny and plotted her revenge. She recruited 16-year-old Archie Bryant and 14-year-old John Sayerth to take out her sister. In November 1996, Gina went on a five-hour pass but never returned to jail. That day, Sunny's roommate, Helen, heard a knock at the door. She opened it. The teenage boy at the door asked her if she wanted to buy some magazines. She told him no. As she was closing the door, he and another young boy pushed their way into the apartment. Sunny was in the bathroom when she heard the commotion and immediately dialed 911 and told the dispatcher that her roommate was being assaulted. Just before she was bound and gagged at gunpoint and forced to squat in the bathtub with Helen. Luckily for them, police arrived within minutes. They arrested Archie Bryant at the scene. John Sayerth had fled in the getaway car driven by Gina. Police discovered that Gina recruited the two gullible boys who she met through an acquaintance to shoot Sonny dead so that she could assume her identity. She claimed that she was afraid of Sunny because she hung out with Asian gang members. Prior to that, Gina was asking her friends if they knew a hitman. After fleeing the work furlough that day, Gina picked up the boys and drove them to Sunny's apartment and waited in the car outside. When police arrived at the scene, Gina and John took off. She stopped at a car dealership and tried to buy a sports car with Sunny's credit card. She and John were soon arrested. Gina was charged with conspiracy to commit murder, robbery, burglary, false imprisonment, and assault with a firearm. Gina claimed she went to her sister's apartment to get her driver's license and some clothing and took the boys along to prevent any violent confrontation with her sister and didn't know that they had a gun. She did not explain why the boys had tied up her sister and her roommate and placed them in the bathtub while she waited outside in the car. In May 1998, Gina was sentenced to 26 years in life. Archie Bryant received 16 years and John Sayerth, eight years. I'm truly sorry, Gina said in a soft voice as she addressed the court. Despite the circumstances, I had absolutely no intent to kill my twin sister. Sonny is my flesh and blood. During the sentencing, Orange County Superior Court Judge Elaine Moore called Gina a danger to society. While in prison, Gina corresponded with several people who offered her jobs and housing when she got out. According to Prosecutor Nikki Chambers, a British dude gave her $100,000 after they had been talking for a year. In June 2008, Gina was granted parole and released from prison after almost 20 years. At her parole hearing, she admitted that she had wanted to murder her sister and had planned the whole thing. Tune in next time to hear about the mysterious death of a woman 
who married into one of the most famous families.